therapy unit set up to help the bereaved and the homeless cope with the psychological stress of war. This unit closed after just 11 months because bombed-out residents continued turning to their neighbours for support rather than visiting qualified specialists. There was also, if memory serves, an experimental propaganda division called the Central Information Service, later to become the COI, which provided positive, uplifting news items to national newspapers in order to combat hearsay and harmful disinformation spread about our overseas forces and to fill the void left by the blanket news blackouts. The PCU proved more successful than either of these and remained in operation through the war. I am led to believe that the title peculiar was originally meant in the sense of particular, as the government's plan was that the new unit should handle those cases deemed uniquely sensitive and a high risk to public morale. To head this division, several extremely young and inexperienced students were recruited. One must remember that this was a time of desperation when most able-bodied men had been taken into the armed forces and a great many experimental ideas were proposed by the Churchill government, including the employment of Dennis Wheatley, the horror story writer, as a member of the War Cabinet. A number of successful prosecutions were brought by the Peculiar Crimes Unit in the years that followed, with the result that the unit continued its work into peacetime. The rebuilding of Britain required the suppression of those prosecutions deemed too negative for public knowledge, a 50-year embargo being placed on sensitive war reports, and many cases handled by the PCU at this time remained sub In order to provide continuity, the sons and daughters of original staff members were recruited, so that the founding team was largely replaced with new employees, but two gentlemen remained in their old positions. I refer, of course, to Mr. Arthur Bryant and Mr. John May, see attached file 3458SD. This is where the problem starts, for both of them, despite their advanced age, are still here at the unit. They stayed on because the unit granted them a high degree of autonomy, and their specialist knowledge, plus their refusal to accept promotion and determination to continue tackling crime at street level, won them the allegiance of young incoming staff in the Metropolitan Police Force. In years to come, as their supporters moved to positions of power, these loyalties proved useful to the detectives. I know that the PCU has lately had some success in solving crimes that have come to the attention of the general public. I am also aware that its most senior detectives are highly respected and can offer an enormous amount of experience between them, but their manner is disruptive and their behaviour, 
certainly in terms of efficient modern crime management, is unorthodox and damaging to the image of the National Policing Network. Cases like that of the Detford Demon and their long-running investigation into the murders of young women committed by the so-called Leicester Square Vampire, last cited in 1975, brought the PCU into disrepute. Their working practices proved questionable, and the case remains unsolved to this day. The unit's brief is admittedly unusual. Their cases rarely provide the opportunity to follow direct leads and name suspects, but their methodology is regarded as altogether too vague, intellectual, socialist and downright arty by those who work on the coal face of crime.